Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring guests and topics that will help you become the more confident leader and take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I am very excited to have a conversation with Jeff Kickle. And I'm probably saying that right. Was it? That is, is it perfect. Kickle? Awesome. No, awesome. People never get my name right. So I always assume. I know. I, I was like, oh, right. yeah. <laughs> You're, well, you're I'm, a gonna, I'm never gonna never gonna interview Vicky because I don't want to say your last name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me tell you a little bit about Jeff. I'm sure this is gonna be a fun interview. <laughs> so Jeff Keikel is has been in the finance business for over 25 years, doing personal and business owner financial planning, wealth management, and exit strategy planning. Mm-hmm. Starting in 2010, he began to talk to clients about Freedom Day. Freedom Day is the first day that you get up for work and have enough money or income coming in that you do not actually have to go to work. <laughs> Jeff found that people understood Freedom Day better than retirement and that Freedom Day was not associated with time as much as a goal. Jeff has gone on to help many clients reach their freedom day by teaching them how to invest, build side incomes or businesses, and invest in real estate. Jeff is a published author of six books on topics ranging from personal finance, estate planning, entrepreneurship, and marketing. Jeff's upcoming book, Freedom Day, Plan Your Exit, from your job or business. We'll focus on the techniques and strategies he has used to help hundreds of individuals and small business owners plan their freedom days. Jeff is a chartered financial consultant, chartered retirement planning counselor, accredited small business consultant, a non-qualified plan advisor, a qualified plan fiduciary advisor, and is a certified rapid growth coach. Jeff lives in Cedar Park, Texas. He gave away my first easy question. We'll have to think another one. The awesome northern neighbor of Austin and owns three businesses in wealth management, co-working, and media space. I thought we'd talk today about alternatives to retirement Yes. Please join me in welcoming my guest, Jeff Kickle. Thank you. Okay, Jeff, that's a that's a whole lot of good mouthful. stuff right there. Good lord, that's a whole lot of good stuff there. When when I reach the point on my business card that I have to have a little <laughs> flip out because of all the letters after my name, that's that's when it that that's when you know you you study too much. I was gonna say, the professional development is your friend. 
Yes. All right. So we know that you live in Texas now. Have you always lived in Texas? For a pretty good chunk of my life. So I was born actually in Hawaii, um, Ooh, born on the well, island of Maui. So uh, the <gasps> Lahaina fires are very personal to me. Oh. Um, you know, having grown up there, you know, little running around those streets that are no longer there anymore. Uh, moved to North Carolina. So I, I'm uh, most of my early formative years were in Asheville, North Carolina, you know, oh, most beautiful. beautiful place on the planet. Yes. Oh. And uh, moved to Texas. Uh, my parents had moved and I ended up kind of in high school, moving back to Texas, stayed here, went into the military and then ended up coming back to Texas. And I've pretty much been here for the, the last 25 mm. years. Wow. Yeah. You've been to uh, three of my most favorite places. I love Maui and it did break my heart to hear yeah. about the fires. It's good. Uh, gosh, it's been since 2002, maybe that yeah. I was there last. Yeah. I was and there then, in 01. I was, I was there uh, on September 11th uh, oh, no. and had flown September 10th, flew over to Oahu for, you know, we'd been there for 10 days, flew over for five more days to uh, Oahu. And that's when woke up to the twin towers falling and everything oh. else. And it was a, a very weird experience, but it was a very interesting experience being basically feeling like you went back in time because there were no airplanes flying. Yeah. You know, and that, I've, that I've was... never been on Waikiki beach where there wasn't airplanes flying. It yeah. was like, it's really quiet here for some reason. It is. It was very, I think we could probably do a whole podcast yeah. on the experiences of that day for people. But for me living here in Atlanta, where you have, mm. where I live, I have freeways near me. Yeah. And as High you say, I, everywhere. <laughs> uh, this is a direct path for Hartsford, yep. Hartsfield and uh, Jackson. And, and yeah. so to not have planes, to, it reminded me of whenever I was back in the country Yeah, and and there was no noises except the noises of trees and animals and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I'd, I'd never been on Waikiki, Waikiki beach and been able to hear the, uh, the ocean. Yeah. You know, it's, so it was just weird to, you know, just all you heard was the ocean. So, um, yeah, yeah long story, but, uh, but yeah, I moved here to Texas and I just kind of always bounced back and forth. I, I lived in the Dallas area and about 12 years ago, moved down, to Austin and uh, mm -hmm. love the hill country area. Uh, reminds me a lot of growing up in, in you know, Western North Carolina, quite not yeah. quite the hills that uh, Western no. North Carolina <laughs> has, but still it's it's hilly and it's not flat as a pancake. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. Get some, some relief from the weather. Yeah. Um, before we go into the next thing, just wanted to ask, um, recently I, I watched a, uh, or listen to Darren Hardy piece. I follow him quite a lot. And he talked about how the fact that he was a flip-flop guy and then he <laughs> moved to Texas and he then he moved back to San Diego and he realized there was no flip-flops in his closet. <laughs> but there were 16 pairs of boots. How many pairs? All right, of well, whatever. <laughs> there are more flip-flops than boots in my closet. I'm just going to- Oh, Awesome. I am a, I, I am a Hawaii boy by nature. So yeah, uh, that is my, yeah. my normal summer footwear. So perfect. Perfect. All right. So I'm sure people want to get into the alternative retirement. Sure. And so I'd love to ha have you answer this question. 
And for some people, this may not be true. Um, I know that um, when people look at me, I've been retired since 2018. They think mm -hmm. I don't know how to answer this question, but why do people have a hard time understanding retirement? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think the the challenge is that retirement for so long has been this innocuous thing. And, you know, for, for previous generations, you know, my parents' generation and, you know, really, I think a lot of people at the beginning part of the Generation X, you know, which I'm part of, you know, we were taught, okay, what do you do? You go to school, you get a good job, you work at that job for 40 years, you know, you save as much money as you possibly can. You're probably not going to be able to save up enough money to be able to replace your income, but that's okay because you won't need that because you're going to downsize your house. You're going to put on black socks and sandals. You'll have one car, you'll take one cruise per year, and that's going to be your life for the next 30 years. And, you know, I think that's been this way that everybody's thought of this, that, you know, retirement is this time period that well, once I turn 65 or 66, then I retire and I go on with the rest of my life. Uh, what I found is the generation that came after me, so that millennial generation and Gen Y or Gen Z or whatever the heck they are now, you know, they, they're wired a little bit different <laughs> from the rest of us. And this whole work for 40 years thing and not really enjoy life doesn't really work for them. And after getting pummeled in the 2000 to 2003 stock market debacle and the 2008 to 2010 stock market debacle, the people that are my age and older were like, crap, this sucks. You know, what's going to happen when I get into retirement mm -hmm. and I have to deal with this? So that's really why Freedom Day came out is I, I stopped talking about trying to get to this magic line in the sand where you would become retired. And I started to focus on, well, what can you control? Mm -hmm. And that's the big difference. And what you can control is, well, I need to hit a certain dollar amount to be able to say, I can get up this morning and not have to work. I have a work optional lifestyle. That's really what Freedom Day is. It's getting mm -hmm. to that work optional lifestyle and it's focusing on the income and stop focusing on this pile of money that I'm supposed to have because it's quite frankly, it's a big pile of BS. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the retirement industry, the you know, mutual fund industry, the brokerage industry, all the places I I've lived and worked for, you know, almost 30 years effectively are lying to you because they're telling mm -hmm. you, you need to save these mass amounts of money and then take 4% off of that. And that's how you're going to live your life. Well, the reality is most people it is impossible for them to save $2 million to get to the yeah. point where they can have 80 or 90,000 in income. Yeah. Yeah. And then you find you're living at poverty level and yeah. you've worked all your life to live yeah. at poverty level. Yeah. I, I, I lived on, you know, $120,000 a year and I get to live in retirement on, you know, $60,000 a year. Well, okay. Start cutting 60 grand out of your budgets. <laughs> and try mm -hmm. and figure that out. And it just doesn't work. Um, yeah, you know, sure. so I, I started to teach people, well, there's different ways. And, and that didn't work for me either. I mean, quite frankly, I was like, Hey, I'm, you know, I was going to retire at 55. That was my goal when I started in the industry and I followed the rules and I did everything I had. And then 
started to realize somewhere around night, you know, when I turned 40, I was like, crap, the numbers don't work and I'm not going to be able to retire early. So I started to change and I started to alter what I was doing. You know, I started businesses. I left, you know, working in the corporate world. I went and started businesses. I invested in real estate. I looked at alternative ways of managing my financial assets so that I wasn't sitting there at that constant 7%, seven and a half percent return. I wanted to double that number. And, you know, in the end, the the thing that when I got my freedom day, which was in 2021 or 2022, I look back and I'm like, crap, I'm 55 this year. I I made it. I just didn't make it the way I had originally thought I was going to. Mm -hmm. And I think the, at least for me, Mm. um, it, you know, I come from a a big family. My dad didn't allow my mother to work. My dad had Mm. three jobs. So my work ethic has always been pretty strong and I married a school teacher. So it's like, okay, well, you know, you need to help to have help with the income. And so I got a good job and, and everything was great. And I was able to retire at 60 Mm -hmm. and, and then I got about two years in, I did some traveling, did some things and I decided just like whenever I had my babies and had my six months, yeah. I am not meant to stay home. I do not I, do well idle. I, I, you know, I just have, and, and it's probably a mindset thing mm-hmm. that if I'm able to contribute, I need to. Yeah. And that's fulfilling for me. So for me, um, it's, it's a lot of that drive that let me do stuff that can help other people and mm-hmm. let me do things that keeps me developing and growing. Yeah. And I think that's what keeps us young, you know, so I'm 65 well, it, now and I'm just like enjoying this. Yeah. And I, and I think I told you when I had you on my show, mm-hmm. you know, it. I know some of the oldest 60 year olds and the youngest 90 year olds ever. And yeah. the common trait, you know, and I've worked, work with clients for 30 years. And the common trait of those young 90 year olds is they stay active. They use their brain constantly. They're, they're around other people. They have a purpose in life, you know, and that's, that was part of, I guess, you know, as I started to look at my formation of freedom day and looking at kind of the other movements that were around, you know, one of the movements is the fire movement. And I, I kind of have this love hate relationship and they basically hate me and I don't necessarily love them. But, you know, when I started to look at the way they were looking at life, it was, it was like taking the retirement side of things and moving it forward 30 years. So it was like, okay, live like a pauper for 10 years and then you get to the point where you've got enough income so that you can continue to live like a pauper, but you don't have to get up and go to work. And you don't really have any kind of focus in life. Now, they will argue that, well, you know, we do all kinds of things, but it's very hard to go from I'm saving 50 to 60 percent of my income for 10 years. And then all of a sudden go to the point where you're like, hey, I can actually spend money. And that oh, was yeah. for me, it's that what I call the freedom day lifestyle, you owe it to the world. Once you've gotten yourself to your freedom day, whether it's helping other people do that, or whether it's doing something, you've got to do something after that. Otherwise you're just going to waste away. Well, and, and I think that's a really important point. 
in my 40 years in working in corporate world, I could tell you countless people who got to that golden day, yep. had money, yep, could do whatever they wanted, and they died. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a heart attack on the golf course, or they had a, you know, a stroke, or, or mm-hmm. they were inv- invalid, or they got cancer. And I thought, so you did all this sacrificing, and you get to this point where it's supposed to be enjoying family, friends, and life, and oops, you know, yeah. you can't. Well, you and just so, don't, you don't have anything you're working for. And I mean, it's, there's only so much golf you can play. You know, there's only so many vacations you can go on. I mean, for us, you know, my wife and I look at it that, you know, probably in the next five years, most of our businesses will be kind of on autopilot where we don't have to be in them every day. And, you know, I mean, I look at it, I want to go live for like a month in England Mm -hmm. and just spend a month just living over there, being part of the world there and learning things and exploring and everything else. Well, that's what you buy yourself and you can't buy yourself that on. Well, I, you know, I have, I saved a million dollars so I can maybe make 40 grand a year. Well, I can't really go. I can't have much fun and I can't really go and do those type of things if, if I'm in that position. So I, you know, I want to have the ability to consistently have income coming in so that I don't have to worry about that. I don't, you know, I mean, today I don't really ever think about money. I just spend it if I want to, if I don't, I don't, you know, I don't drive a Ferrari. I don't drive a Lamborghini. I mean, I have a Camaro just because I've always wanted one, not because I had to have one. Um, and I don't, you know, on my YouTube channel, I don't stand there in front of it and, or rent a, you know, rent a Ferrari and then stand in front of it and tell the world how, wonderful I am. And this, you know, promise that I'm going to, you know, be able to share with you this knowledge that's going to make you be able to have a Lamborghini. You can have a Lamborghini for like 200 bucks a day. Uh, mm. you know, go rent one if you want one, uh, no. you know, be you a- and, and be who you are. And, and I think that's really good advice too, to be authentic. That's part yeah. of what I teach in, in my leadership, as well as my public speaking is you have to be you people don't buy your business. They don't buy your your content, your social media, they buy you and that they can trust you and, and believe in you. So I think that's important. Uh, And what you talked about really is that residual income. What do you have that's bringing that money in beyond that 401k? And, and that's really very, very much important. So talk about some of those alternatives that, that they can look at that are perhaps a little bit more stable, if you will. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think one of the most important things is to look at, okay, what, what's out there that is predictable, you know, so mm-hmm. you want to have predictable income. Um, you know, one of the strategies I learned early on is what's called the 10 by 10. Uh, so if, let's say you're somebody that's sitting there today, you're what I call a cubicle warrior, you're sitting in the cubicle and you're dying just a little bit every day. <laughs> and you're looking for, well, how can I get myself to the point where I can replace my job. So a very simple strategy, you know, especially if you're making a decent amount of money is that you buy one rental property per year. So Mm -hmm. out of all the rental properties in the world, (laughs) you have to find one good deal per year. And, you know, at the beginning, when you start looking for real estate deals, you're going to probably look at about 50 different, you know, opportunities to find the one diamond in the rough. 
So what's that one diamond in the rough? I want to find one that hopefully I can put down the minimal amount of money up front. Um, if you, if you don't know how to do this, I recommend Robert Allen's book, um, um, nothing down for the two thousands. There's tons of techniques in there on how to buy real estate with very little bit, you know, little down. And I buy one piece of property per year. And I just focus on that for 10 years. Well, by the year, you know, so effectively 10 years down the road, I've got five properties that I've owned for five years. And I've got Mm -hmm. five that I've owned for a little bit less than that full 10 year process. And very simply, I'm going to take the oldest properties, sell them, take the profits from those, pay off most of the mortgage on the other ones. And now I have somewhere in the neighborhood of about $10,000 a month of income that I don't have to think about, worry about, you know, I should, uh, you know, I I always encourage people to have a management company because I don't do toilets. Yes. (laughs) I don't clean toilets. I don't take calls from, you know, from the, uh, from the tenants. I don't, uh, I'm not going to get in the middle of, well, you know, oh, I lost my job or, oh, I've got this reason not to pay the rent. Talk to the management company. That's not my problem. Uh, you know, and I'm not That's being mean, advice. I'm just saying I'm too nice of a guy and I'll yeah. listen to their story and give up. So I need to have the hard, I need to have that person in front of me. That's going, Hey, no, this is the rules. This is how it works Yeah. at that point. So, you know, you put your leadership or your management hat on and say, okay, yeah. I'm just the strategy person. I'm, you're going to make sure your, your brand is not impacted negatively by that person you hire. But if you get the right person and um, then you have time to have your freedom. Yeah. And there, you know, I mean, just in the real estate world, there are a hundred different ways to make money in real estate. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're literally there. I've studied most of them, you know, certain ones work or certain ones fit for me. Um, I am not, you know, I, I love fixing things. I love to be able to go in and, you know, I, I would fit right into the world of fix and flip. The problem mm-hmm. is I'll take too long. I'm too <laughs> much of a perfectionist. So I won't get it done the way it needs to be done. It needs to be done just enough and get it done. So that was yeah. never the world that I was really interested in, you know? Mm-hmm. So I got started investing in real estate, doing wholesaling, you know, and the wholesaling is just strictly going out and finding a deal. Uh, bringing that deal to a real estate investor that wants it and, and, you know, basically getting a finder's fee, you know, Mm -hmm. so I would typically do that. I still do that today. I have a whole operation and now I have people that work for me that do this. And literally all they do is go out, find a property, connect with an investor, boom, done, you know, and we're typically holding, we never hold the property. And mm-hmm. we just make a, you know, five or 10,000 bucks a pop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just make a, a finder's fee, five mm-hmm. to 10 grand. So, I mean, you put a couple of those deals together as a small real estate company. I mean, that's yeah. for most that's people, good. five or 10 that's grand, good. they can get by pretty good on, yeah. you know, and you got to yeah. pay for some marketing and things like that in there. But, you know, that's a way to get started. If you mm-hmm. have no credit, you have very minimal real estate knowledge. But mm-hmm. it's a great way, but it's, you know, it's not one of the long-term passive ways of doing it, but it's a way to get started with very low risk. Perfect. Um, just, to, I just interviewed a guy today. His name is Scott Jelinek and he has the most innovative concept I think I've ever heard. 
I've oh. never heard anybody doing this. I've heard people doing something like this, but what Scott does is he basically does the, the, he, he finds really low kind of beat up properties, low price. I mean, down like in the 30,000 range, mm -hmm. he goes in, he gets an investor who's looking to uh, fund that and looking to make some money. So, you know, that guy who's got made money, put it in his 401k, he's tired of the 7% returns, yeah, like a 12% return. Um, what he does is says, okay, well, I'll offer you a 12% return on a five-year note. So they know they're out in five years, they're making 12% per year. He turns around, sells that for more to another investor and basically holds the paper on that for the next 30 years. It's wow. genius. Yeah. Absolute genius. Because yeah. yeah. in five years, that mortgage is paid off. And then all of a sudden now, all of it's that all money profits. from the mortgage he's written, the note he's written is all just pure profit coming in the yeah, door. Yeah, yeah. Even, even covering the taxes that you would have for sure. Yeah. Well, no, you don't have any taxes because I don't own the property. Uh, Somebody else owns the property. Yeah. I just hold the note. Now, if you default on the note, I get the property. Yeah, um, but it. other than that, it's like I was, I looked at that and I went, that is absolute genius because it's infinitely scalable. Yeah. The wow. problem with real estate is you, you get to a point where you run out, eventually you're going to run out of money. Even Donald Trump mm -hmm. runs out of money at some point, you know, and you've got to find other people to come in and invest with you to keep right. the machine yeah. going. Well, that's infinitely scalable. Wholesaling oh, is infinitely scalable. I mean, you, wow. the only thing that limits it is time. You know, there's always enough deals out there, but uh, it's just time that you run into. So, you know, like I said, tons of ways of doing that. You know, I've investigated multiple ways of doing it for somebody mm -hmm. that has any kind of knowledge of anything, whatever you <laughs> geek out at and you love, you can sell that on the internet easily. Mm -hmm. You know, today we have the ability to have our own TV station, radio station, magazine, whatever it is. What used to be, you know, for us to do this interview years ago, we'd have to have a TV studio yeah. and we'd have to have, you know, that was controlled by the TV station. So you couldn't get out onto the airwaves. As soon as the internet came in, that changed the world for everybody. That's right. That's right. I said the world just got a lot smaller. Yep. I've interviewed people on in all corners of the earth. You know, I've interviewed yeah, them in Africa. Too. I've interviewed them down in the South Pacific. It, you know, that's been the cool part of, of having a podcast has yeah. been to meet all these incredibly cool people like you. I mean, I, I you, you were on my show. God, it was quite a while back. Yeah, it has been a while. Yeah. But it was but so I was good. Like, awesome. You know, I mean, it's, it's great meeting all these amazing people and sharing their stories with the world. I know my goal is at, at some point in time to just have like a in person with all the people that I interview, yeah. just, it would be so there's, I, I have my short list of people I'd like to do yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, that would be so great. There, I'm going to be doing, oh, oh, go ahead. No, there's a group of them in the book that, um, I I've shared their stories in the book that I have coming out. And I, that's kind of my goal is to, as, as I share their stories in the book to actually go do a in-person interview with them wherever they're yeah. at. And I want to do retreats just a couple, three yeah. times a year, because I just think that just having that immersiveness, you know, we mm -hmm. have a great 30 minutes together, but you know, if you can have a day and have a multi, you know, three or four people that could just work with you, I think it'd just be so mm. wonderful. Love that idea. So 
we, you know, I have multiple businesses. So I have my anti-aging and wellness is a side gig mm. that I started even before I retired. And it, and it was mm. really um, just trying to uh, not look like I was 65 anymore, but also not feel. <laughs> I, was, you know, I told you this before. Look, it worked, by the way. You know, Good Lord. Know, when you told me awesome that, I was like, stuff. no way. It There's is. It's just, no it's a, just a wonderful group and company and everything yeah. works. But um, it's it's that residual income, you know, and yep. we're just trying to find things. But it, it does take some time and some effort and mm. uh, some, some side gigs, some companies don't provide you a lot you have to build the company mm. i have provides all the marketing and everything nice but um what are what is your opinion though about even if you have a nine to five mm? why is it important to just have that side gig well you got it i mean you know the the thing is if you have that nine to five your income is always going to be determined by someone else yeah. You know, somebody else is going to say, well, you're worth X. And for those people that are not willing, to, you know, I mean, if you if you want the nine to five, I'm just going to do the work that's required of me and I'll work for 40 years and, and die a little bit every day, then that's fine. And there are people that way. My dad was that way. I mean, my dad mm -hmm. was never somebody who was like, my dad was the, the go work, you know, work hard, go to work every day saved well, you know, I mean, they, they live well, they don't live extravagant at this point. Um, you know, part of why they were able to live a little bit more extravagant is my grandmother saved even better, you know, and, yeah, and even though she lived until them. she was 90, she left a ton of money behind Yeah, and, you know, the kids got to enjoy that and they got to do all their travel and all that stuff. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think when you're starting to look at why I would have a side gig. Well, you know, if you're, if you want something different, if you want to get out of what you're doing earlier, I will, I work with a lot of people in the tech business and to a person, 90% of them despise what they do. Yeah. They literally get up and hate what they do every yeah. day because a lot of these companies are like, yeah, we're going to do all these great things for you, but we're going to expect 70, 80 hour work weeks out of you. And it just eats you up. It beats you down mm -hmm. over time. Well, if you want out of that, you got to do something different. You've got to do something that gets you out of that. So yeah. that's part of, you know, when we look at the freedom day method that I developed, there's nothing earth shattering of, you know, something new that I taught. I just sequenced it different than most people would and said, okay, well, first off, you need to know where you're at, mm -hmm. you know, what, what money is coming in, what money's going out. You got to have a basic budget to understand that. Mm -hmm. And you need to figure out what your minimum required income is. What do I need to run the house? Yeah. Then we're going to do something fun because usually what people do is, okay, so have a budget. Now we're going to do the horrible thing, which is to get out of debt. I don't want to do that. You know, I, I don't want to do something like that. So our next step is we're going to build a bucket list. Why? because we need to have something to reward yeah. ourselves along the way. And then before we get into the debt thing again, we're going to go out and find a side gig. You know, there's a million different ways to make money. You can make money in real estate. You can do, you know, multi-level marketing or, or network marketing. Probably one of the greatest things that's ever happened in the world. I mean, some of it's been misused, but network marketing for very little amount of money 
you can get into it and build a residual income very well, you know, mm -hmm. where you initially have to do a little bit of work, but then it gets to the point where it kind of lives off of itself. And you're mm -hmm. really more of a coach and a, you know, a, a coach and a whatever kind of pushing them along more than you're out there hustling, looking for people or looking for sales. Right. And I know that, you know, for years, I guess it's still that way, but uh, you know, my last several probably decade at I, and I was at a wonderful company, but yeah. the raise that you were anticipating was, you know, used to be maybe three to 5%. If you really did really well, you got that 5%. And then it was like, well, maybe one to 3%. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, uh, your side gig can get you back up to that 5% for it's sure. Not very much. Yeah, it doesn't take much. Yeah. No, That's exactly right. But and I think it, it also starts to transition. You know, we call that step three, where you're going and building a side gig. We're call it, we call it retraining your brain. Yeah. Because you go from a paycheck mindset, which is I give you 40 hours of my time and you give me money for that. And you change that to if you start to get out of the paycheck mindset and you get into the business owner mindset, you go into it saying, I have this thing of value that you are willing to pay me for. Yeah. So I have infinite amounts of these things of value that I have. And I can make as much money as I possibly can. Yeah. And ideally, I can get to the point where that's not an active income, but it's a passive income. But yeah. I got to get out of that paycheck mindset first and just doing something simple and then rewarding yourself. So we just tell somebody, hey, take your, take your top three things, the things that you just want to do off your bucket list in the next six months. And then we're going to figure out how we're going to pay for that with a little side hustle. You know, mm -hmm. my first little side hustle, the funny thing is I was, I developed a book for police officers, um, for police officer retirement back when I used the R word still. And I was like, what can you do? So I started exploring all these things you could do. I started it a, um, a, an Amazon store. It was awesome. I mean, we, my wife and I were making four five, six thousand $6,000 a month, just over and over and over again. It was a lot of work. And it was all active income, but it was something that we were able to start in our house and it was nothing big. I went and drove Uber. I went and delivered food. You know, all these things, I was trying to explore all these things. There's a million things you can do where it's yeah. side gigs and, you know, in the, in the current world of hustle uh, that's mm -hmm. out there, there's a ton of stuff yeah. to do. If you have special skills, go to upwork.com and offer up your services. So if yeah. you've got some kind of training, you're great at putting together PowerPoints, then offer your services up on Upwork and you can make a nice little side income. Yeah, there's another company that I looked at. Um, if you have any writing skills whatsoever, <laughs> it's called Writer's Work. And nice. it's and it's, you know, anywhere from $15 an hour to $25, $30 an hour, depending on your expertise or more. <laughs> and and I mean, there were even things out there like um television writers. Or yeah. news, you know, things that are jobs that people are looking for kind of thing. Mm. But you're right. You just have to really venture out and look and don't be sitting back thinking, oh, I hate my job. Yeah. <laughs> Do something well, about it. <laughs> you can still hate your job, but, yeah. you know, look forward to that time outside of your job 
you know, maybe I'm not going to work 45 hours a week anymore. I'm going to work 40. So I'm going to give the bare mm -hmm. minimum that it needs to keep my job. And I'm mm -hmm. going to focus my efforts that extra 10 or 15 hours. I mean, we all have the same 162 hours per week. Yeah. Um, you know, and you figure 40 hours at work, maybe let's call it 50 hours sleeping during a week. What else are you doing with your time? You got 162 yeah. hours. What else are you doing with your time? Take yeah. 10 hours of that and focus on building a side income or at least try something where you're earning money. And, you know, it's not money that required you necessarily to spend a ton of time doing. And and for all those that may be employers that are out there listening <laughs> and that may think, no, I don't want my employee to work yeah. a side gig. But the thing is, like a, a ton of knowledge is gathered and gained by that side gig that you might. Yep. So when I started my anti-aging business, again, everything was provided for me, but I learned social media. I learned mm -hmm. e-commerce e websites. I learned how to um, approach and pitch all these things that my company was not teaching me, but mm -mm. they sure as hell could use. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think of it, I mean, if you run, you, if you run your own private business, you understand, or you should understand the financials of that business. I would think you're going to be a hell of a better employee yeah. when you understand, okay, if X amounts coming in and X amounts going out, and this is bigger than what's coming in, that's not mm -hmm. good. You can't sustain a business for that time period. So it makes me as an employee go, Hey, what can I do to cut, you know, costs in the business and my little mm -hmm. piece of the business, what can mm -hmm. I do to reduce costs? Because then it improves the P and L, which means that I don't get a 1% raise. Maybe I get a three or four or 5% raise mm -hmm. at that point. Awesome. Time is flying by. I knew it would. Um, we'll have to just uh, do this again. Uh, uh, definitely. Maybe you come on my summit in November. That'd be so, wonderful. Uh, the um, normally I do a rapid fire, but I think we'll just save that for the next time we get together. And this is my warning for those that are just listening, that you should have got your pen and paper and been taking notes this entire time for all of the good things that Jeff has been sharing. But if you didn't, then do that now. I gave you a few seconds there to go grab it. And we are going to share my screen with Jeff's information so that you can reach out and be able to get to talk with him. So his website is https colon forward slash forward slash method initial capped freedomdaymethod.com. He's on Facebook at Jeff Doc Keckel, K-I-K-E-L. LinkedIn is Jeff Keckel, Instagram. Jeff Keckle, Twitter, Jeff Keckle. I love whenever you do that. <laughs> and YouTube. It took a while to get to search. that point. <laughs> I know. Just search for um, Jeff and you'll find it. Or you can come to my website, findyourleadership.com, or my YouTube, Vicki Nethling or Victoria Nethling, to be able to uh, find him on YouTube. And I'll turn it over to Jeff to talk to you about what he can you can find on his website as well as YouTube and other social media. So I set up a special website for the Freedom Day method. So that's the the process that I created. Um, and it's my trademark process to get you to that Freedom Day. So if you go to freedomdaymethod.com, uh, there is a right at, as soon as you get in there, there is the ability to get a small ebook. It's about 
55 pages and it walks you through the steps of the Freedom Day method. I call it the Freedom Day blueprint. Mm -hmm. And that will help you to understand the, the sequences of that. Um, also on there is a blog. I've got tons of articles to share with you. Um, awesome. And we offer up some of our programs and things like that on the website. So wherever, uh, please go in there and download that, the Freedom Day Blueprint, because it's really going to help you to get your head in order um, and hopefully help you get, as you start to put things together from our YouTube channels and everything else, uh, it'll help you get to where you want to be. Perfect. All this information will be, again, available for you to download on my website and or the YouTube and I hope that you do. Jeff, it has been just such a wonderful time chatting with you, having a great conversation. I appreciate you sharing all of your wisdom, your experiences, and your stories. Thank you, Vicki. I appreciate it. And for those of you out in the audience, make sure that wherever you're listening to this, that you subscribe to the, the channel that you're on so that you get good stuff like this. I mean, Vicki puts yeah. out wonderful information <laughs> and sometimes as a, as a podcaster, you're uh, <laughs> sometimes you feel like you're alone out there. So make sure you do that. And if you yeah. can give her a little up arrow, give her a, uh, a five-star rating, whatever it yeah. is, and share a comment with her so that she knows that you're out there. Um, and certainly that's what we do this for. We don't do it just for us. We do it for you. Yes, absolutely. And as I remind everyone, life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.